0: Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly.
1: Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. Shut up. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile work environment.
0: Hello. Welcome to the Hostile Work Environment. My name is Mark Alifanz. I am here, as always, with Kate Bischoff. Kate, how you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. Uh, it is the month before a presidential and a whole bunch of other elections, and so my focus has been kind of all over the place about this. How about you?
0: I- I'm worthless. <laughs> 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 Just, like, worthless for life, worthless for work. I just sit there and refresh Five Thirty Eight all day long, and <laughs> obsessed over polling and and in part because I'm like a stats nerd, but in part because I'm I'm you know we all have such a vested interest in, in outcomes here that we just want to I I like I need to collect information all day long, and that means that like the other things I'm supposed to do and get paid for, you know, uh, I mean I do them. Yeah, I,
1: I hear you. I mean, I, I, this year I have not normally been someone who invests in getting involved in campaigning or anything like that. This year, my friends and I sent off a, over a thousand letters to voters trying to get them all to vote. We have text banked. We have I've tried phone banking, not a fan, but, you know, I'm doing everything I can to get involved so that I have no regrets on November 4th.
0: That's amazing. Well, well, how does it feel to live in a state that the president confuses <laughs> with another state?
1: Um, well, the fact that he promises never to come back, I want to hold him to that if he doesn't win Minnesota. Um, but you know, the last time there was a massive landslide in an election, Minnesota was the sole holdout in 1984. Mondale, we voted yep. for, yeah, we voted for hometown hero, Mister Mondale, and so. I feel like we're going to be a part of a wave this year. If there's a wave, fingers crossed, knock on wood. Um, But I think we're working all that very hard to make sure that that happens.
0: Fingers crossed. So as we step into our our episode here, uh, we're so distracted that that I texted Kate (laughs) yesterday, Saturday morning, uh, and was like, hey, I just realized this is our two weeks. (laughs)
1: And I was surprised. I went, that can't be.
0: <laughs> so so we're super organized and have and have just just bang up uh preparation and organization today. <laughs> we're gonna bring you three stories. I don't think this will be our longest podcast ever, and that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. so uh we're gonna start off. I think you've got uh we wanna talk a little bit about uh the president's executive o- uh, order on Diversity training, uh, which is such a winner that uh, (laughs) we're so enthusiastic. Don't don't give away
1: the the punchline here. No,
0: no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm super into this.
1: Okay, great. So, this executive order is actually the executive order on combating race and sex stereotyping.
0: Right. How can you be against that? Are you against that, Kate?
1: I am not against that, (laughs) even though I'm super against this order. Let me tell you.
0: Yeah, it's one of those, the title doesn't match the content.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, here's our intent to do this good thing, even though we're going to be subverting that good thing by everything that's in this order, really, right? Correct. So uh, for many of you who've been in HR for a while, and particularly those who have been federal contractors or work for a federal contractor, you are aware of the Obama administration's use of executive orders to change policy for federal contractors even though they knew they couldn't get those particular laws through Congress. So it creates this second tier of these are additional rules if you want to be a federal contractor that you have to follow, but you employers who are not, 75% of employers essentially don't have to follow these rules. And those things came around with minimum wage and a whole bunch of other things. So the Trump administration issues this executive order in which it's trying to combat a particular style of diversity training, and it's designed to combat discussions about topics involving critical race theory. So critical race theory is an academic theory around a lot of different topics about race, including things like intersectionality, white privilege, uh, and bias. There's a big role of bias in critical race theory. I have read a lot of the articles. Uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, I think, is amazing. Um, and they're sometimes difficult to read because they're attacking privilege. They're attacking uh, white fragility. And so as a white lady, especially when she's talking about the combating feminism and how feminism didn't always bring all women along like that's kind of hard to read like i want all women to succeed how could i possibly be harming another big group of women so they it is a challenge you read but it makes us better if we confront these problems right
0: yes wrong (laughs) wrong wait what
1: wrong according to the trump administration
0: wait they don't like this no Uh, unbelievable shocker
1: So, surprise. So, to create new rules for federal contractors that they are not allowed to do workplace training around issues of race and sex stereotype or any form of race or sex scapegoating, including the concepts that one race or sex is inherently superior than another, an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously, and so I want to take a little beat at that. Point, wow!
0: Right? Yeah, please beat, beat so, away. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> so we, our brains are funny little beings, right? You have just grabbed your mug to bring some tea to your face and dump it in your mouth, right? <laughs> And if you had to tell every muscle in your hand what to do in that situation, you wouldn't be able to listen to me and do that at the same time. Your brain has made shortcuts to allow you to do those kinds of things. Bias is a shortcut. We adapt those biases by what the media tells us, our own experiences, the experiences of our friends and our family. And over time, we've created shortcuts that help us determine when we're walking down the street, should I run away from this person? Should I smile? Should I say hello? And those biases then can come into play when we're making decisions in an employment settings they're often unconscious. We don't know that that bias is helping us make the decision unless we confront it and we ask about it. And so the Trump administration's efforts to point out that these biases exist, whether consciously or unconsciously, is destroying that part of the training, which in my training, it is an essential key part, right? Of course. So that's the first part of why this thing sucks. Okay. Any individual... Moral character is necessarily determined by his or her race. No one says in a training that you you're have a higher morality than this other person.
0: Right. I mean, what, what, what's just so striking about it is that on its face, these statements seem fine, except for the fact that they're implying that these theories do these things. Yes. Because they don't.
1: Nope, they don't do it any individual should feel discomfort guilt anguish or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race or sex this is attacking the complete idea of privilege and fragility
0: yes. right there right we don't because, we don't want anything that's going to challenge any anything
1: no no. <laughs> no
0: we we want we want the diversity training to make everyone feel good
1: yes to feel about great about everything mhm so it feels like forever ago now, but maybe it was only a year and a half. It was definitely pre-COVID. I was in Nash, in Birmingham, and I went to a civil rights museum, and there is Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from the Birmingham Jail, and I read it, and I'm like, God, I feel so guilty, right? Because that guilt is something that is built in o- about white supremacy, but I feel guilty going there, right? And a part of my yes. learning to do better is to understand that where that guilt come from and so that I can get past it and do better. That is an important part of being a better human, I think, and learning past this part. And But now, if you're in any kind of training that talks about it that makes anybody feel guilty, dang it! you can't have that.
0: Can't do it if you're a government contractor or or the government,
1: which (laughs) is I mean, government
0: contractors are just so 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 many employers. I mean,
1: so many, twenty five percent. So okay, and then there's the salting, fault, and blame, and then he actually uses the word bias right in there in the language of it. So this order comes out September twenty second. It goes into effect for any contract that goes into effect after November twenty one. So none of the existing contracts currently need to follow this particular order. So we can
0: still do this for the time being.
1: For the can time still being, we do the training. However, there's been a significant chill to diversity training given this order because the one thing this order does is it creates a hotline with the OFCCP where any employee can call the hotline and say this training is uh, violating the order. And I think for a lot of employers that's the biggest risk is that an employee is going to go to a training and then is going to call that number and then you're you're going to be stuck in that kind it's of It's going to chill
0: all trainings, uh, all yep. similar trainings because who's going to want to put themselves out there to that risk that then somebody calls that hotline and then you get you get you just investigated or, or scrutinized for, for something that maybe even was totally compliant with the way that that order is written, but who wants to go through the trouble? So, so exactly. effectively it guts or, or drastically reduces the amount of, of any sort of diversity training anywhere uh, right. for any government contractor.
1: Yes. And my friend, Lars Schmidt, posted an article, and I think it's from the Wall Street Journal, that found that this order has rapidly spread through human resources. And lots of folks have stopped this this, uh, training because they're afraid of this particular order. And the order gets the attention of perhaps the most high level, biggest lobbying group for business ever, the US Chamber of Commerce.
0: So they're they're just fully behind it, right? They must be.
1: Uh, no. And that's what is
0: so amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right?
1: So amazing. And and, and, and as someone who, when I I was young, I attended a bunch of this is how politics works things with the St. Cloud Chamber of Commerce, the city I grew up in. And I was the youngest kid. They took us down to the legislature. I learned how to lobby, all that kind of stuff. It was amazing. I loved it.
0: Oh, that's cool. The chamber
1: hasn't necessarily aligned with my beliefs for a very long time. However, I still value that program a great deal. But the chamber takes issue with this executive order and comes out and asks the president in an open letter to withdraw the executive order explicitly. Wow. Right. One, because of the two systems, the federal contractor and the non-federal contractor system that I alluded to earlier, but also that this is so vague that it's going to undercut our ability to create more diverse and inclusive work environments. And that is you know, I want to cheer on the chamber here because that is a big step. And that is a big step on behalf of all employers, right, that want to do better, that want to create work environments where everyone feels included, safe, and that they can be themselves in the workplace. Um, They point out specifically that the hotline is going to create quote, non-meritorious complaints from employees who may be disgruntled about a range of different matters, and that these investigative processes will represent, quote, not insignificant burden on employers. So we have a double negative, but it's meant to be impactful. Yeah. And then the letter is signed by over a hundred and fifty organizations. 150 organizations that you would not necessarily put together all in one group, including the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce, the Billings, Montana Chamber of Commerce, the Greater North Dakota Chamber of Commerce. Places that are deep red, deep yeah. supportive of the Trump administration that are in favor of it, as well as um, groups of nonprofits, because the executive order also includes a big piece about um federal grants. And so there's a bunch of different nonprofit organizations in here, which you would never align with necessarily a red organization. But there is one huge organization not on this list. The Society for Human Resources Management did not sign on to this letter. Now, we are just a couple of days out from Sherm's big, quote-unquote, diversity and inclusion conference, and they have a blue ribbon commission on diversity, yet they did not get in on the chambers.
0: So they're not in on the chambers, uh, but I'm assuming from the way you're speaking about it that they haven't come out in opposition to the executive order otherwise?
1: Oh, they said they have an intention to talk to the Secretary of Labor, but they have not come out in any way, shape, or form against this. And in part because SHRM, under the leadership of Johnny C. Taylor Jr., has wrapped themselves around the Trump administration, Uh, been in advertisements. If you look at some Trump 2020 advertisements, Johnny Taylor is in them. Um, And you'll see that They've aligned so closely with the Trump administration that there is no air between Sherm and Trump currently. So much Be to the detriment of every HR person out there.
0: Yeah, do better, Sherm. Come on.
1: Yes. So, do you do you plan on changing any of your trainings, Mark, in light of this order?
0: not yet. Uh let's wait and see what happens. Again, this is it's another one of those things that's on the ballot because in a Biden administration this executive order will go away.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so if, if if it does go away, what will happen? So we have new contracts as of November 21. Those contracts will be in place until January 20th, at which point we assume in the first rave of actions a Biden administration will take will be to withdraw this order. So it's a two month window max. And there are some severe First Amendment implications by this order. So anticipate legislation around that.
0: I think it would end up, even if for those two months of contracts that may end up with this language in them, it may end up being entirely unenforceable uh, anyway, and, and illegal, right. In, in, you know, improper. So I, there, there's, there's so many issues with this. Uh, I, I'm not about to start changing my trainings, uh, notwithstanding the, the Trump's Trump administration's desire to eat into my business. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> so they're not pro business. Is that what you're trying to That's say? That's what
0: there? I'm saying. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: Uh, yes, I'm not changing any of my trainings either. And given the, you know, the two month window, likely, hopefully, again, likely, please, from my lips to God's ears, uh, that this will only be in place for two months. I, the biggest risk an employer has is that hotline call and how they handle Great. that. So, so would you like to talk about lawn mowing?
0: Yeah, I thought we were going to do the other story first, but let's talk. Let's talk about pubes.
1: <laughs> let's go right in there. Let's
0: go right into the pubes. Let's do it.
1: Let's mow some lawn. Okay, so Ian because it wouldn't Rappaport-
0: be a it wouldn't be a hostile work environment episode without pubes. Come on,
1: exactly, exactly. So let's talk about some lawn mowing. Ian Rappaport is a reporter for the NFL Network. He uh, has. Well, I'll put it this way: Ian Rappaport has always done his best to look sharp for the camera, but now we can take yeah, super like lots of hair gel. But now we can take comfort knowing that he keeps things clean all over. So how do we know this? Because Mr. Rappaport shared a advertisement for a product called. Oh, do you remember what the name of it is?
0: The Manscaper.
1: The Manscaped Manscaped Lawnmower.
0: Manscaped Lawnmower. Manscaped
1: Lawnmower. Mm Mm-hmm. And he then gets a two-week suspension off the air for posting this on social media. Now, as an NFL employee or network employee, he is not supposed to share any kind of advertisements. Okay? So the, the fact that he's suspended for this particular advertisement isn't necessarily because of the manscaper. It just makes it like 20,000 times (laughs) funnier because it has to do with manscaping. Oh my
0: God, God. the the Twitter puns on this. Uh, I mean, I think we just have to read a few. So so a guy, Andrew Marchand uh, posted, story will be up a bit later. Rappaport posted an ad for manscaped, which is to clean up your groin area without approval. And that is why he got nicked. and then responding to this tweet you know uh, there's a response i thought that was a product to help keep you from getting nicked <laughs> and then another guy says this is bush league <laughs> so uh, that's just a couple I- i'll i'll leave it there but but, oh, my God, <laughs> I was reading this when it came out about a week ago. And, oh, my God, the the the, notwithstanding whether this is a good employment decision or not, and whether it was because mm-hmm. of the content of the ad or just the fact that it was an ad, uh, the amount of joy that this brought to so many people. I hope that Ian feels OK, given that so many people okay. made so many quality puns uh, about this circumstance.
1: Yes. And so this goes to the idea that you're the employer. You get to to suspend or discipline someone for what they put on social media. This is well within the NFL's social media policy. Not that I'm necessarily an advocate for the policy itself, but this is well within their policy. This sure. was probably the right level of discipline for this will never happen again. Um he issues an apology, he understands the suspension. Um, however, it's a manscaped lawnmower, which just makes it all the better. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like if you're going to get disciplined for doing this, pick the funniest product that is full of puns that you can do. And he absolutely picked it.
0: <laughs> Rock on, I, man.
1: I will admit I did not know what the ad was because he did take the ad down. So I, my friend and I went down a rabbit hole of watching all of these advertisements, and they are hilarious. Oh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of things about coconuts, all that kind of stuff. But yes, an, em- <laughs> an employer gets to do this. It just is perfect. So,
0: yeah. Uh, so we're gonna stick with the sports theme here again. <laughs> um, I, and this is the part of the podcast where, since I, since this has happened so many times the last last few episodes, where where I know I'm gonna get a collective eye roll from our audience when I say. This is a soccer loving podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is fresh news story. Uh, this happened yesterday. So there was a big Premier League. This is in Britain. So British Premier League uh, between two giant teams. So Manchester City and Arsenal, uh, neither of which I particularly like. But that's not Chelsea. Oh, you're Chelsea. I didn't know you were Chelsea. I I I, I like the Spurs. Uh, okay, I,
1: I've I've been to Chelsea Stadium, and so I thought it was fun.
0: I saw the Spurs play Chelsea in Wembley Stadium a few years ago, and that was pretty awesome.
1: I always you're... knew you were a bragger, but okay, continue.
0: Yeah, I, a little bit, just <laughs> a lot, a lot of it. Okay, so uh, so yesterday in this kind of pivotal, pivotal match between two very top teams. One of the players for Man City, uh, who goes, his name is Sergio Aguero, but everybody calls him Kun uh, Aguero and uh K U N, that's just like a nickname, I think. Uh, and he he's one of the most,
1: but
0: no, (laughs) that's why I didn't go with the ooh sound, I went with the uh sound so that it okay. Um, so but anyway, that uh, uh, he he's one of the most famous players in, in the world and one of the top players, he's the striker. For Man City, uh, did not like a call that the sideline ref made about just whether the ball was in or out, and and you know this happens all the time in soccer where the players on the field just abuse the refs on the side with just screaming and yelling at them about how bad they are at their jobs. This is typical and okay. What was atypical? Well,
1: okay, typical. Go with. I mean, accepted, accepted. It's
0: accepted. What was atypical and not acceptable in this particular situation were two components of what, of what occurred. The first is that this was a very unusual situation because it is very unusual to have a female sideline ref or ref a, a, at all in the top mm-hmm. flight uh, soccer match. And, and I, I say bravo because I'm seeing more and more women, uh in that role both in mls uh domestically and in other top leagues around the world so
1: it's just uh, rare to see women in a referee role in any professional sport period
0: correct now in like w- nwsl the national women's soccer league there are many uh in in this country and and you'll see that in wnba so for women's sports you see a, a more of a mix but in men's sports in particular it's very unusual so uh so that kind of already sets this apart what then happened is that in a conciliatory gesture, he comes over to her and puts his arm around her neck, not in a threatening or or, or particularly aggressive way, but still in a, in a way that felt to many who viewed it as this isn't something he would ever do to a man, to a male sideline ref, and that it was entirely inappropriate. And as, as, Uh, Several of the tweets I've seen, you know, what he did to the Lions woman was uncalled for and disgusting and other similar kinds of quotes. Now, Mm -hmm. others have come out to defend him showing clips of other famous soccer players doing the same exact motion to male sideline refs. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the same. No. uh,
1: The one article that I read, since you texted this to me, was called it. Unnecessarily patronizing, and I think that yes, that's the message here, right? Is yes, this is patronizing, and it—I it, it, would even consider it kind of a microaggression, kind of thing. Yes, it's this, it's this idea that I'm a man, so it's okay, you know. I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, that kind of thing, and that's what makes it not okay.
0: And and she clearly didn't, and she pushed him away. At at the end of the interaction, and clearly was not okay with this. Now, uh, interestingly, uh, this is conduct that should under under uh, soccer rules be a yellow card for any physical mm. contact with a ref, even if it's not aggressive. Uh, which I don't believe he received any sort of discipline for this on the field at the time. Uh, I, you know, this I, I think there's a lot of different potential takes on this, but. What I take away from it is, don't touch if you're a guy, in particular. But anyway, don't touch other people at work. <laughs> you know, hugging mm-hmm. where it's okay and everybody's okay. But like, don't touch women at work. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't I, I, don't be like this.
1: In large part, I agree with you, um, and I I have a a reason for it. So. In the service, when I was the HR officer at Congen Jerusalem or Embassy Zambia, part of my role was managing American travel. So I would often, and it sounds bad, but I would often get an American come into my office and say, I have to go home. My parent is dying. And in that you know, I'm the one trying to get the orders, trying to get the plane tickets, trying to get them out as fast as we possibly can, because often in places like Zambia, you're, you're 40 hours away from the U.S., and so it takes a while to get somebody home, and you want them to have that last few moments with a parent. And so, in those kinds of situations, if I didn't offer to give that person a hug, oh, well, I don't think, yeah. I, right? I, I don't think I, mean, I would be being human, th- right?
0: Th- this is not. Uh, this is not a statement without some nuance
1: right right and so i I, like in the wake of the matt lauer the nbc came up with the no hugging rule and i'm like i don't want that one either i still want us to be human in the office but don't unnecessarily touch people like you get consent before that that's
0: what that's what this is and and, and you know it the reactions uh have been Significant and and unfortunately extremely diverse on this issue to the extent that you know there are, there are people out there both defending the content and and condemning the content and one of those uh, is Kayla Knapp who's the the social media manager for the Portland Timbers and Thorns and and she came out with some pretty uh, reasonable in my mind, but fairly strident views on this mm-hmm. about how it's so inappropriate and how how this is the sort of casual kind of discrimination that women face. And she's been ratioed so badly that she's had to lock down her her Twitter account. She's got over ten thousand followers. And of course, there's so many people rushing to both support what she said and defend what she said, but it's gotten so bad that she's felt like she's had to lock down her account, uh, which is just Ugh. appalling. And that's so, she's like, she's like, Man City fans are the worst.
1: <laughs> oh, there so, are fans of every stripe that can be the worst. That are Absolutely. the worst.
0: Absolutely. So. But, uh, so anyway, I just thought this was an interesting, again, sports related, uh, gender dynamic mm-hmm. kind of workplace touching situation that that merited a discussion uh
1: do you do you think the response the and the outcry from this event is going to be sufficient to make sure he de- doesn't do this again or will it embolden him because I, there wasn't actual discipline on the field at the time
0: i don't think i would take either of those views i don't think it would stop him from doing it again i'm also not sure it will i you know as far as i know for the way he reacted to it it was it i don't think he thought anything of it if that okay. makes sense so i think it would be i do this to a female sideline ref i do it to a male sideline ref it doesn't matter this is just kind of the the bombastic personality that i am and I'm, i felt bad that i yelled so much so i i'm gonna give you my equivalent of a on-field hug uh, I don't think I don't know that he's that that where he is or or that in his life he's being taken a task for it. Now I do think there is the possibility that some retroactive discipline could happen due to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'd give him a retroactive red because that's really only supposed to be shown for physical contact in an aggressive or confrontational manner. I think it's I I think you could say any any kind of contact. I think I. I'd understand an argument that says any contact like this is actually confrontational, but yeah. I think that most people looking at this would show it, see it as more conciliatory, even though she clearly wasn't having any of it. So, I, I, under the rules, I could see this as kind of an orange card, you know, somewhere between <laughs> a yellow card and a red card. I don't know what they'll do or what kind of messaging they'll put out about it, but from certain corners the condemnation was swift, even amongst, uh, uh, many of, uh, many male soccer commentators, um, like men in blazers, for example, which is one of my favorites, uh, soccer comedy guys, uh, who are, they're just awesome. Like they immediately came out about how, how entirely inappropriate this interaction was. So I think the fallout is still, still remains to be seen if there is any, but I, I don't know that I can take a position on on (laughs) what it will do for, for Kun Aguero.
1: Well, I think I think incidents like this that have backlash quickly, I think there is some lessons to be learned that you don't want to put yourself in this kind of position. And maybe that makes somebody take a beat before they wrap their arms around someone.
0: One um, would hope.
1: One arm, right? So even though it might not result in discipline either on the field or retroactively for him, maybe that does make the... Premier League take a second look at what that rule is and try to evaluate if they want to make changes to it or if they want to discuss what that definition of it actually means, right? Because I can say all day that I don't want sexual harassment to happen, but unless I have examples of what that actually is, it doesn't mean anything to anybody. And so this would be a great example to discuss amongst the Premier League itself.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And I, I hope it does engender some more dialogue, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure how confident I am that this will be anything more than a blip, uh, unfortunately, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> okay. So team, we're looking All right. for some- We're getting a little stories.
0: laggy here. And I, oh, yeah. So I, I you You're know, I've got laggy. a couple and we've had a, we've had some good con- content. The, yeah, I'm laggy, I think. Uh, so sorry. Uh, hopefully both of our recordings should should work fine through this uh, now that we're having this conversation for everybody to hear it. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I have a couple of stories. I haven't gone to them. I kind of want to have more of a bank before I start going into the ones I've got. So uh, we actually haven't received any stories for weeks and weeks. We did get one very nice <gasps> email last week, but just one. Uh, that was from one of my favorite soccer podcasts, and they listened to us. Uh, so <laughs> we got a very nice note from them. Uh, and so, uh, which if you're interested in Timber's uh, podcast, these guys are great. It's at Morasonic Pod, the Morasonic Podcast. I should plug them because I love these guys uh, to death. But they're the only ones I heard from in the last week. So, uh, mm. you know, and again h w e podcast at gmail.com. Please send us stories or comments. Like we know you're out there. I'd said this last time, like we have like a thousand listeners. I know that there's a mm-hmm. ton of you out there. Uh, send us notes. We want to hear from you. And we feel kind of like sometimes, even though we know the numbers are there, uh, like we're talking into the void a little bit. So, uh, don't, don't be the void. Talk back. We yes, want to hear from you. Uh, I don't know what commitment we're going to make on an episode for two weeks from from today, because that's going to put us within 24 hours of the election. And I just don't know that my nerves will be able to take it. But we'll, <laughs> we'll check in. And if we don't do that, and we may just have an extra week in between. But let's let's see. Or or it can just be Mark and Kate fret.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we should fret because yes. I'm going to actually get out of my house for a couple of days the following weekend. So we should okay. definitely fret. Okay, so we can
0: have a Mark and Kate fret about the election episode. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> see how,
1: we can make, make prognis- prognosis, whatever, prognosis, whatever prognosis is. Yes.
0: Prognosis.
1: Right. Like I my continuing prognosis of the death of the OFCCP and affirmative action entirely. Oh, yeah. We can, like mm-hmm. that, what that is on the ballot?
0: Yeah. All right. Maybe let's do that. Okay. okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SaladPants uh Kate, where can they find you?
1: On the twitters at k8bisch. I'm going to be ramping it up, man. I'm doom scrolling all the time.
0: Yeah, me too. I've been trying to just be be cool, <laughs> but <laughs> not overdo He's not it. Not
1: succeeding, ladies and gentlemen. He's not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit of not succeeding. All right. Anyway, good talking to you, as always. uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, fretting and prognosticating.
1: Wash your hands, please.
0: Yeah, wear a mask. (laughs) Bye. Over the nose. Over your nose. Yeah, over your nose, (laughs) people. Come on. (laughs)